Hey everybody, welcome back. This is uh, On the Road with Thorhammer, and this is Chris Nades, the drummer of Thorhammer. How's it going? How you doing? Doing good? I'm looking, I'm looking at my friend Tim in the eyes as I'm saying this. <laughs> I don't know. Are you actually asking me? <laughs> Are you asking me? Do you want me to answer? Or are you um, just asking the world in general? I'm not on the road. Once again, I'm not on the road for this. Uh, so that makes 50% of the podcasts that are on the On the Road with Thorhammer podcast that are not on the road. <laughs> but that's okay. Because another thing that I have ended up saying on every episode is, we're going to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. That's a horrible saying. It might be, but it's also a southern saying. I don't want it. You mean a shit kicker Mm-mm. saying? Oh. I'm sorry. If you're a shit kicker. <laughs> Uh, welcome. This is episode four. Uh, I have three guests with me this time. It is the second time I've had three guests, three guestses, guestesses, and uh, none of them are in the band. That's also okay, because you guys, you're my friends. Oh, yeah. I think you're all right too. It's important to me. Uh, I have. Tim Pickerel with me. Uh, Tim and I have a history. We're going to get into that. And it is not what you're thinking when I say a history. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> I've got my own thoughts. Just go with it. Uh, we also have his fiance, Sarah. Hey. Say hey, Sarah. Hi. Oh. <laughs> and another voice you haven't heard yet. But here it is. My my illustrious girlfriend. That's the second time I've heard that. Term. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. It's a great word, isn't it? Mm, Descriptive yeah. word. I wonder if it means what you think it means. Yeah, I know. Wait, what do you think illustrious means? <laughs> We're not going to get into definitions on this. On this, uh, I can Google it real fast. What, how do yeah, you go that? Uh, you, you figure. I bet you Google will fill will fill in the rest for you afterwards if you just type in like I L L U S. Oh, but it's um, the E for some reason. No, that's, that would be wrong. Uh, I guess I guess we'll just start out with a plug because that is half of the reason that we even do this podcast. A butt plug. There it is. Or anal <laughs> There it is. Oh no, a plug. <laughs> uh, two out of three of my guests have listened to our podcast and our uh, channel mates. Onyx Edge Podcast, uh, that's the first plug. We're going to plug How Should I Bro? Yes. That's on iTunes or your uh, podcast apps? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, you can also look up the Game of Thrones podcast, which is Watchers on the Couch. It's very good. Uh, it is very good. That's all right. Well, you know, it's just okay. But <laughs> is it even a podcast? Uh, let's also plug um, the past three. Go back and listen to the other three podcasts because we're probably going to end up referencing some of them. Just go ahead and listen to everything, really. What are you doing with your life that you can't stop and listen to? You're already in. You already You've have come this far, right? You're, why would you start on episode four? That just doesn't even make sense. Yeah, would you open the chapter four in a book and then not <laughs> go back and read the right. other chapters? Just do it. 
are you an asshole? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> the next plug. Uh, shows. We are playing on the date that no American should ever forget. We're playing on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. September 11th. Uh, ten Star Le- Wars comes out? No. Um, September 11th is a... Uh, whew, it's a pretty heavy topic. Oh. We're just gonna... We're playing with Guar Pops. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. See? See what I did there? Uh, yeah, we're playing with Guar Pops. They are a legendary band. It's their 30th anniversary tour. That's, uh... That's- isn't that crazy? It's a long time Fantastic. to get eaten by a big fake monster. They're as old as me. Isn't that crazy? Well, as old as you. Yeah, I'm as old as them. We should put an order of importance. You're super old. You're like 50. <laughs> no, they're 30. That's how old I am. Ooh. Not a day older. Mm-hmm. Actually, a few days younger, because I'm not 30 until next month. Oh, well. If you're listening to this in the future, month. then try figuring out what month my birthday is in. Yeah. Try to do with that time travel. Deduce it. Uh, deduce. Deduce. We're playing with a chick band. Uh, they're called Butcher Babies. I have not personally heard them, but not I will only say is it a great name. But it's a very commendable hobby. Yeah, I will say that uh, they're probably kick ass. If they're opening for Guar, that means that Guar trusts them, or that some record company put it together, and maybe they're I don't know. Just check it out. Music is subjective, guys. Yeah. Uh, Battlecross, they're awesome. I looked into them. Good stuff. Check them out. Mm-hmm. We will be opening the show. So get there early, folks. It's awesome. So <sighs> when, you, when you're saying you, you're opening the show, like it's really the start time on the ticket, or you play before the start time on the Ooh, ticket? Ooh, the start... Uh, that actually has happened at like Ozfest. Mm-hmm. Like they'll start a band before anyone's in there. Just like when the gate opens, they'll mm-hmm. let people in. But you, ha- it's a little bit of a walk to that first stage, or at least it used to be. So there would be bands playing for no one essentially. Wow! <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, that was ridiculous back in the day. But anyway, hmm. uh, yeah, we will be playing. I believe the ticket time says seven for Doors, so we'll probably play. I'm going to venture, I guess, at 7.30. And our set will probably be about half an hour. So, you know, if you got kids at home... Just abandon them. <laughs> abandon them for maybe an hour. Listen, the government will pick them up and take care of them for you. They're probably going to. If the neighbors report uh, some craziness going on in your house while you're gone, like your kids are <laughs> your kids breaking all the windows from the inside or something crazy... Uh, that, that's going to happen. <laughs> and then they start eating the glass because they're hungry because you haven't been home. <laughs> they think the glass is like sugar glass, like in movies. <laughs> I don't know how they know about sugar glass, but they don't know how to they're, make a damn they're fans, themselves. They're fans of movies. They are deep in the culture. They're podcasters. Oh. They're podcast listeners. They're four. So, <laughs> so this is our demographic. Can't pour this my is- own bowl of cereal, but by God, I can I know I can tell you everything about the dynamics of sugar glass. <laughs> so let's go back to the plug. <laughs> the plug is Guar with Thorhammer in support. Um, I'm going to venture to say the biggest show of our careers, if you want to call it a career. 
It's, uh, it's I don't really career. call it a career. I think it's, yeah. it's like a, it's like my the thing I do for fun. Do you get paid for it? Yeah, we do get paid. It's career. At some shows. You're at least a professional. Yeah. Uh, I will call myself at least semi-professional. Because I don't get to do it every day. No, that's... Mm. Yeah, well, well, if you do it for a living, then it's definitely a career. But if somebody pays you to do it, regardless of whether or not you do it full-time, you're at least a professional. I would call it your music career. Hell yeah, it is. But we got to put that qualifier in front of it, though. But it, so that's it doesn't what matter. It, I mean, yeah. like it, it's like okay, my my college career, my sure. music career, or my yeah. you know my podcasting career, like that. It's a real thing. It's we like, aren't signed to a label, though, and we would love to be. Yeah. Anyone listening to this who is with a label that yeah. ha- you know that would be awesome, but we're not. Huh? Okay. We are completely independent. Uh, totally DIY. Uh, do it yourself for for the layman. <laughs> <laughs> if you only know about sugar glassing, you don't know acronyms for shit. Uh, DIY stands for do it yourself. We would love you guys to come out to the show, though. It's a Friday night. You have no excuse for not being there, uh, unless you're having surgery. Then it depends on the surgery. Yeah. What if you're going lung, if it's an outpatient lung surgery, then you should still <laughs> yeah. be able to get there in time. And you, you probably want to take a day for yourself <laughs> after surgery. So, or on the day of, at least. So I'll just kick back and listen to some Thor Hammer and some Guar. Yeah. And some Butcher Babies. And uh, wheelchair accessible. Battle Cross or whatever. Is it Battle Cross? Or Battle Cross. That's right. Butcher Babies, Thor Hammer, Guar. Not, not necessarily in that not order. Not in that order. Definitely not in that order. Um, well, I guess we can get started with, since I have someone that was at the last show, we can do a little show review. Uh, don't have to say much about it, so don't give me a little look. It was awesome. <laughs> That's, all show reviews are in whispers now. <laughs> We're making up these weird rules. Um, we played at Foam, mm-hmm. which is at Cherokee and South Jefferson. Uh, interesting neighborhood. Yeah, the same. I probably <laughs> wouldn't hang out there if I was wasn't playing a show there. But that isn't to say that Foam isn't a great venue, and they did. Um, we brought out a lot of people. It was a benefit show for mm-hmm. this independent uh, magazine mm-hmm. called nice. uh, Acid Cat. Oh, uh, they are friends of our guitarist uh, Ian Parks, and uh, it was it started late. Uh, I believe the show started like at around ten thirty or something like oh. that, and it went. We went on last, or headlined, whatever, whichever way you want to put it. <laughs> I guess it depends on whether or not the lights were still on at the time. <laughs> oh my god, I have a horror story that I haven't got into about the lights um. being on when we go on stage, but that's for that's for later, and maybe we'll do it here. I don't know. All right. But um, yeah. So we went on last. Everybody stuck around. People were really cool about that. It really sucks when you go out and play independent shows and people leave after the band that they are friends with yeah. or they pack up their stuff and just go after their band is done. Mm-hmm. You know, Or the other bands just bring no one. All of those things, bad. <laughs> we, there's, uh, you know, it's sort of become a joke now of like support the scene mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, 
if you leave before every band is playing, then you're supporting nothing. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone was super nice. Um, <laughs> after the, we played great, which is always a plus. You know what I mean? Especially on this like sort of these. I kind of viewed these as two. These last two gigs as warm up shows for Guar because mm-hmm. that's obviously the more important of the three. Uh, there's sort of a ramp up kind of deal you know what i mean and we we tried out a set list to make sure like that's the one we want to do you know we all got kind of centered in on that and uh super focused but yeah those um the show went really well we played well and i did i did stand up at the end of the show and bow and blow kisses to everyone (laughs) so that that happened any sweet yeah so um because i have someone here that was at the show well, what did you think of the show, Lindsay? Wait, can we trust her opinion? We um, can. I wouldn't. Have... But yeah, I would totally trust my own opinion. I don't think she ever really listened to the band that much before she came to the shows either. That's very, very true. Yeah. And that's fine. That's not I'm I not I feel bad. Sorry. No, don't. You know. But um I actually recorded not like on the video. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys are posted that yet. We posted every song from um from uh, the demo, that show. Mm-hmm. And then the drums were, because of the way the show was set up at Foam, mm-hmm. the drums were really loud, and everything was kind of underneath that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play the drums lightly, mm-hmm. as our fans know. Yes, I know. <laughs> as most <laughs> as people should aware. know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself. High five. Woo! Yeah! You hear that? Um, <laughs> they heard it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, moving on from that. Uh, wait, actually, before you move on, sure, I got questions. Yeah, I'm please. Any questions that you have, feel free. What's your issue with the uh, Ch- uh, Cherokee and Jefferson area? I was going to ask that too. Actually, oh. it's not really an issue. It's just I, you know, when you're in a sort of area where you have to keep an eye on your car. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Why? Was it just that it was late at night? Because I've been it there. It was definitely late at night. Um, there's people walking around the street all the time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, people asking you for money and stuff. Yeah. Um, when it comes to my car mm-hmm. and my equipment and stuff, oh yeah, I'm very protective. Oh sure. I don't want people messing with my stuff. So. Um, I don't know. I always thought that that area was like up and coming. Like there was a lot of really cool stuff happening in that area. I'm Down, uh, is it? Is that Jefferson that goes that goes down and that's where the venues are? They're trying so to tear that. You're thinking of Cherokee. Cherokee. Okay, that's right at the corner. Yeah. And then you go down that street, and that's yeah. where all the there's venues like are. There's like fortune teller bar. Yeah. There's like a bunch of like really cool Mexican restaurants. There's, yeah. there's um, an ice cream place down there. Too, yeah. Though, there's yeah. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but I know what you're talking. Mm-hmm. Ice cream. Ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah. Ice cream. Free plugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, there's a lot of like really neat. Definitely stuff down check there. out all that stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying, just don't park on this particular Jefferson. <laughs> Je- you go if you go just a little bit down Jefferson, either way, it's the middle of the night. There's no yeah. street lights. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I, and you know, it's really that's shame just that, me. It's a real shame that Jefferson isn't moving on up to the east side. To the east side, in a deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Was Red Fox on that show? Uh, was Red Fox on the Jeffersons? No, he wasn't. He no. was on. Uh, he was on. Uh, 
I was going to say St. St. Louis and Red Fox, but I don't know. The late Red Fox. Uh, anyway, we're on. No, oh, he's going to be here soon. <laughs> it's not that late. <laughs> Thorhammer. 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 Big one. That's our centering word. It's a good times, not good times. It's uh, Thorhammer. Hanging in a jowl Good times. That's the only reason I know that song is from Dave Chappelle, and I think that's fine. Um. Anyway, yeah, Thorhammer. Thorhammer, Thorhammer, Thorhammer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you should have Sherman Hemsley on the cover of your next album. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally out of my hands. Uh, we That is a band uh, democratic decision. All right, Ian, if you're listening. <laughs> There's two Ians. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. That's two votes. Oh, yeah, there you go. Zombies Sherman Hemsley should be on the cover mm. of the next Thorhammer. I now only bring there's that up. an idea. I only bring that up because I'm going to take you off topic on your podcast. Yeah. Is everybody was sharing, like, rest in peace Sherman Hemsley recently? But he died, like, three fucking years ago. <laughs> They're sharing all these articles from 2012, and everybody's like, oh, it's so sad. I love that show. It's yeah. Fucking 36 months late. Right. Oh. Yeah, it's too late to act like you're sad. Right, right. What There's a moratorium on that. It, like, what if you were just now finding out that this person has passed away? We actually found out. We actually that actually did happen um, several years back. Like he was when, in seclusion or something, uh-huh. and then it came out that he was dead. Like I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty well known that he died back in 2012 when he died. I yeah. mean, if we had Facebook, everybody uh, does the uh, obituary porn. I didn't know that he does, so I'm finding out now. I want to be the first person that tells all my friends that this guy's dead, because that's <laughs> something that's a thing on social media. Uh, yeah. But no, uh, Sam from How Should I Bro and Team Sam training more free plugs. For some reason, we were talking about Don Knotts, and we thought he was still alive, and we looked it up, and he had died like... I don't know, four years. This was like 2004. Right, yeah, he's dead. Uh, He's dead. (laughs) Get to the point, Tim. No, no, no. no. We were really not rushing him. We were really bummed to find out that he was dead four years later. Don Knotts was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a funny dude. Uh, I cannot do an impersonation of Don Knotts. Then, yeah, then. Best best to leave it alone. Uh, Well, since I have you on the podcast. Tim, uh, we're going to kind of delve into my branch of Thorhammer history. Okay. Uh, and really, it's going going to go into my older bands. You know what I mean? There is nothing before Thorhammer. <laughs> None of it matters. <laughs> no, but... Uh, Leave the past in the past. I, I actually met Tim through uh, my, my friends Jordan... And uh, Mike Daffron and Keith Wilson, the wrestling show. The re- well, yeah, the wrestling show. But I didn't. I went to wrestling at Sam's parents, mm-hmm. but I didn't meet you back then. Oh, right. Good point. Yeah. So what ended up happening was, well, let's, let's just uh, lay the groundwork for my old band. Uh, I was in a band with Ian Rusnick, who is on bass and Thorhammer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Wilson, who is a good friend of mine from high school, and uh, our friend Josh, who uh, who I met through Rusnick. Okay, it was it started out without Keith, and we were just playing whatever, trying to make like basically cutting our teeth playing music. They were my first band, right? So uh, jamming out in my 
in my basement, generally terrorizing our neighborhood. <laughs> they hated us so much. Because there's no soundproofing. Yeah. It's not... It was a split-level house, so it's not... Like, my room was halfway underground, but it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you could hear my drums for two miles, sure. probably. <laughs> all of a sudden, like, the your neighbors are yelling at you. It's like, you can yell all you want, Mr. Brunhickey, but in 15 years, I'm going to be opening for Guar. <laughs> God, I hated Brunhickey. Uh, we're just going to substitute Brunhickey for the neighbors that I hated. Neighbor across the street, Mr. Brunhickey. Uh... I had my window open one time. Brunicky was pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. It was hot in my room, so I opened yeah, the window. Right. There's a lot of exercise that goes on with playing drums. I mean, Brunicky wouldn't understand because he's a fat fuck. The yeah. only time he ever gets any exercise is when he's mowing his lawn. Goddamn Brunicky! Always takes his shirt out. His fucking non-tan, pale ass, white orca belly. Just they were on the ones for the entire street. They were the ones in closest proximity to my house, though. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was the most mad about what we were doing but anyway laying the groundwork keith ian rusnick josh uh we're all in trapped under ice together uh that's the name of the band right yeah okay. trapped under ice was a pantera at, well it was mostly metallica but metallica and so, a couple pantera songs we we played like what's bass. the name i would hope it's metallica. yeah yeah that was and that was my Idea. I'm going to take all credit for that. Everybody names trapped under ice. Oh yeah, what do you do? Uh, mostly uh, covers of the monkey songs. Jazz, <laughs> all jazz <laughs> improvisation. Uh, no. So we were in all. We were all in that band together. Um, I ended up moving to a Herculaneum area. Which, if listeners, if you're listening in St. Louis area, you probably know where that is. But it's. Uh, South County plus half an hour. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Birthplace of Hercules. Yeah. Birthplace of Hercules, right. Uh, to bring it back to maybe... Well, that's not really... We're not boring. bringing it back to anything. Yeah, no. We're not. <laughs> there was, there was Shooting no, me down. There's no callback there. So, we moved out there. Um, Rusnick ended up quitting Trapped Under Ice. Uh, he got real serious about school. Mm-hmm. So that's he. He left the band. Not serious enough about cover songs. Ooh, no, not really. Uh, I don't think that he was super into the Pantera stuff that we were doing either, and that came sort of from Keith. So he just Keith's influence. So he's like, well, I kind of so really he walked. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he walked on Homeboy. <laughs> Goo. <laughs> I like how we're the only ones laughing at that joke. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, uh, if Kyle ever listens to this, he's going to love that joke. <laughs> uh, anyway, so by necessity, we ended up having to start a new band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, how am I going to not play music? It's just not a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I got to play music. Mm-hmm. There was a few months where I didn't. And I was, it was, it was kind of shitty at home, too. Like, my parents were sort of splitting apart. And it was a lot of tension going on. Mm-hmm. My mom had just lost her job. So, uh, you know, I would be waking her up from her sleeping all day. Okay. You know what I mean? So she'd be pissed at me. If I ever wanted to play drums, she'd be pissed at me. Oh, yeah. So it was like, well, Home life is I got to find a band, you know. Yeah. So um, this band, Irie, from Jeffco. Uh, I was in that. I ended up being in that band for like nine years. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, I joined them. We practiced out in Cedar Hill area, so that was good. You know what I mean? Uh, but with the Keith and Justin, well, Ju- Justin is another friend of ours, mutual friend. Uh, Justin Poole, for people that know. Sports people. GoFundMe. Sports GoFundMe to leave America. Um, <laughs> look into it. Uh, I'm sure you can find Justin online. He He's there. <laughs> he's there <laughs> okay so, and I'm not going any further into that uh, Keith and Justin great good friends of mine back in the day great and good uh, so we all started a band better, together called Abomination uh, we're all friends with Jordan Jordan is the one who came to me when you needed someone to help you with your uh, final project yes. at Webster mm-hmm. so he introduced us, and it was basically me and you going back and forth trying to schedule how both of my bands were going to record because you needed a certain amount of time recorded. Right. And I was new in both of those bands. Both of the bands had very little material at the time. So I was thinking, well, instead of getting one of them to record, like write a whole bunch of stuff right away and have it be half as good. Why don't I just bring everybody in, make a scheduling nightmare, <laughs> and somehow be the glue that holds this damn thing together? You know what I mean? Right. So, um, so when you mentioned my final project, I guess I should probably yeah. So, what, so, so well, uh, basically, what I wanted to do is kind of go into how that stuff happened. Okay. You know what I mean? So, if you want to kind of elaborate more from your perspective, yeah. So, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I have a degree in audio production from Webster. And towards the end of my time there, I either had to do an internship or I had to have a what they call a senior overview project. And I decided to go for the senior overview project over the internship because, one, the internships weren't paid and I already had an internship at Enterprise doing web development where I was getting paid $14 an hour. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this didn't really make sense to yeah, do this two isn't internships. Work. Right. So I, I pulled some strings and uh, I had a really awesome professor at Webster named Gary Gottlieb. Who, plug for Gary Gottlieb. Hmm? <laughs> I said a plug for Gary Gottlieb. Yeah, so for, you may know him from, well, you wouldn't know him from it because he was the engineer on it, but he recorded uh, Grandmaster Flash. Wang Chung, everybody. So you mean the the more he famous records of these people? Yes, the, he recorded. I don't remember what he did with Grandmaster Flash. I don't remember the album. Grandmaster Flash. So is that? I'm trying to think of what songs. Yeah, I can't either. But yeah. if you want, anyway, if you want it. a song that you you know, everybody Wang Chung tonight. Okay, yeah. He did. He recorded that. Yeah. Um, I believe he also did the Meow Mix jingle. <laughs> no shit. I mean, I don't think he wrote the Meow Mix uh, jingle, but yeah. I think he was a recording. My hero. Um, but yeah, he was he was a fantastic, uh, fantastic professor, and he uh, he let me do the senior overview project. And so, the, basically, what that was is I had to, I had about a semester's worth of time to. Uh, book studio time and basically record an entire album so I didn't know like 
there was probably some people that my mom worked with, like, and my mom worked at Enterprise Rent a Car, and there was people that had like you know office people that have a band on the side, that kind of sure, thing. yeah. So I could have like hooked up for that, but I knew we had we all have like creative friends like in my circle. So sure, I yeah. reached out to Jordan and Sam um, to see if they knew anybody. And yeah, Jordan and Sam actually met with me at a CC's Pizza mm-hmm. in Highbridge. <laughs> That's where we had our first like discussion about it. Like oh, they, okay. th- this was right on the verge of texting, so they did text me and call me about it. But then we met up at CC's and had like an hour long sort of like thing where we talked about what it would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, and you weren't even involved in that, so they were yeah, just funny, going. I didn't up. even know about that. Yeah, yeah, and that was at the now defunct CC's location. That was an Irish. Irish one. It's I got gone. sick every time I ate there. Did you? Yeah. I was mostly high when I ate there. So That's probably what protects yeah, from exactly. sick. The, I think the THC coated my stomach. Yeah, I know it doesn't work like that. CC's. But like, <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I met with them. They introduced me to you. Uh, we had a meeting. I'm recalling a meeting at your parents' house where uh, you. I think you were still living there at the time. Yeah. Uh, where we lined out, I, and I still actually have this uh, sheet somewhere mm-hmm. on my Facebook, actually, if you dig in my photos and oh, stuff. Yeah, I think you might have it's the scheduling one. list of every time that we had to go there, like that you had blocked out to go there. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I did was I did like 50-50 of like when, they, when each band could make it, you know. And like I said, it was a fucking nightmare yeah, trying to schedule this stuff out. Especially when it came to something else that happened, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, but basically, we most of the times that I had free was late in the evening or on the weekend, mm-hmm. right? The weekend when we went there, and actually, no, late in the evening, too. We basically had the run of the place. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think if it was during normal school hours, we would have had somebody else in there, maybe. Yeah, I mean, or am I just assuming? Usually, when we were in there, there was actually like there was a student or someone. There was a student in there to like oversee. Okay, it's basically whoever's part of the audio engineering society. I only and I only and we were we did probably like I want to say we probably did like fifty sessions or something like that. I don't really remember. It seems like a lot, but it's possible. Well, we would only have a few hours at a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think think towards... And it was over a whole semester, so when you spread it out a a few days a week with each band, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you might be right. But eventually, once we got out of the tracking part, that's when we did most of the mixing at home. Yeah. So... Uh, but there would be people there once in a while. Yeah. But we would basically have the run of the place, and it was kind of cool because we were sort of left to our own devices. We didn't have anybody. Even if there was somebody in there, they weren't. They were just like fly on the wall. They weren't saying anything. Right. I mean, sometimes they'd help me set up mics. Sure. I'd have to get there beforehand to like, okay, Chris's drums are going to be here. Yeah. I'd probably put the amps here. Yeah. Set yeah. up the microphones. Um. Yeah. So. Every time we would have to take in and out our equipment, we couldn't leave our equipment there. So that was one thing. Um, it was uh, it was at Webster. I remember it was right off Elm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cool. It had like a loading dock that went right into the studio. Yep. It could not have been better in that respect. You know, uh, we 
we actually had a blast doing that stuff. There was a point about halfway through. Disaster. Disaster. Woes of recording struck. Yeah, so. So you can go into that a little bit. Oh, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Jesus. Because we only had such a small amount of time each session. Basically, well, at the time, I haven't been to Webster since I graduated. I'd kind of like to go back there just to see what it's like and see how their studio is. But in Studio A, they had a huge console, and it recorded to what was called the Radar 24, which is a 24-track hard disk recording thing. So not like a computer like we record the podcasts on. It's just a big rack-mount piece of machinery yeah, it's big dedicated. console that like you would see on TV when they're talking about recording. Usually, yeah, they have connect, one of these big consoles. One of those big consoles connects to this thing. Right. So we were always told that we need to back up our stuff after we're done. Well, the process of backing up sucked because this thing used DVD RAM, okay, not DVD ROM. So okay. you had to have special discs, yeah, and the write speed was ridiculously slow. So if it would probably take an hour just to back up. Okay. So I would back up some things, but most of the time I wouldn't. Oh, Because no. nobody else was really reco- having any re- projects on there. And yeah. yeah. Nothing should be marked for deleted or what have you. Uh-huh. So one day I checked it out, because you can check it out. Uh-huh. I checked it out to take home so I could just spend a day burning the things off to DVD RAMs. Backup. Yeah. Yeah. To do the backups. Nothing was fucking on there. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. It was all this is this is Oh my god. This is months into it. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we'd been we had done half of the sessions. I would I would estimate we were about halfway through the semester when that happened. Yes. So how much had you backed up at that point? I think I, I had had some stuff, but what we ended up doing was, I mean, we re-recorded everything. Yeah, we I had think. to we had to start from scratch. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, it was all gone. So, oh. some as I things, recall, anyway, it was okay. Some of the things that were was taking the recording process itself longer is because we work on one song at a time. Mm-hmm. And it could be a few days that we, or a few sessions mm-hmm. that we were just doing that one sure. song. Well, at the end, after this disaster happened, it's like you've got this many days to record everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So we. So actually, that was where my scheduling came really into play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I had everything lined out. I was like, okay, guys, we got this many times. If we don't get it done in this many times, oh, I remember what happened. I remember exactly okay. what happened. I bought a hard drive. I bought my own hard drive for this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used, uh, and, and it was some weird ass hard drive. It's not like a normal one that you use. Mm-hmm. That hard drive failed. Oh, oh, yeah. So it was like a that, whole thing. That, that, yeah, that, that was that was the thing. Down. I forgot about that. The entire hard drive died on me. Oh, no. Yeah, that's why I could take the mobile radar unit home because I had everything on the hard drive and I was going to burn it off to disk. Oh. I didn't do that. My hard drive failed. I t- I uh, email. Gary Gottlieb that listen this happened I'm not entirely sure what to do at this point and all he responded with is I can't believe you didn't back up your stuff I'm really disappointed I'm like fuck 
So, yeah, we ended up re-recording both Abomination and Irie stuff. I think they, like... Two sessions each, and we recorded, and we had everything re-recorded. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. We, bla- we blasted through, and we had actually ramped up our practices, too, at that yeah, time. not only uh-huh. that, they we got better recordings out of we <laughs> those, those quick sessions it ended up the slower sessions. It ended up better than before. That's the, That was the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, that's awesome. We were all, we were all freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and understandably so, because we had been working on this stuff and and being really, we had been nitpicking, sort of, and being Mm -hmm. a little overprotective about little stuff. And some people weren't taking it, like, seriously. Yeah. There was was rules of the studio, and they were, That was something I wanted to ask you about. Uh, What memories do you have of people breaking the rules about the studio? Because I I know of a couple of things that happened. I don't remember much happening in the way of recording with Irie. I didn't break any rules myself, but the people that were responsible that I was recording with, who the the people in the bands know who they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> so what kind of rules were there? For the no alcohol. Yeah, they were bringing out. They were sneaking alcohol into the. That studio. was one. Oh, thing. That was bullshit. that was the big one. Yeah, and that's the one that could have gotten me into a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah you could have been expelled. And that was that was on the abomination side. Oh my god! I don't remember. I don't remember any real issues with Irie except for the. It never that, ended up being a problem, but it was it a thing where been. it was like, come on, yeah. you know. But at the same time, we're kids, so we're yeah. being stupid. Right. None of us are even 21 yet. Yeah, I mean, you're all still in high school or like had just graduated. I had, it was my freshman year at Jeffco. Mm-hmm. I had just graduated. Keith had graduated. Keith, well, Keith graduated in 03. So mm-hmm. he was one year removed from from uh, high school. But he was kind of do, bouncing around doing jobs I think, do, I think jobs it was Keith the one that was bringing in the alcohol because I think he hid it in his amp. <laughs> you're spot on with that because that was one of the things I remember. Wow. Okay. He snuck in tequila. Keith, um, you know, all's forgiven now. Nothing ever happened with yeah, that, no. so it's all good. And we got an album out of it. Yeah, so. it's like I can't be too hypocritical but about still, alcohol because on one of the podcasts I do, some, <laughs> some people drink the entire show. Yeah. And, you know. But it's also my equipment that would get fucked up if it got spilled on it, so that's sure. not somebody else's property. It was, uh, I remember it being a point of contention at the time. Um. There was a lot. I, I do want to say there was a lot of uh, us smoking marijuana. That didn't happen at the in the studio. Mm-hmm. It did happen in the parking lot on the weekend when no one was around. Okay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we wouldn't be stupid enough to just do it out in public. We, I mean, we did, but but not it. Not I. I made sure I, I was never partaking in anything that was completely obvious mm-hmm. and out in the open. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's just when you are a stoner. That's the kind of stuff that you do. You're just dumb about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I would say seventy five percent of the time I was in that studio, I had probably been smoking weed at some point that day. I should say I'm smoking weed right now. So. Oh shit! <laughs> I didn't even know. No, he's, really, he's, he's doing dabs. It's just yeah. vapor, man. <laughs> <laughs> what? Almost, what of it? Um, yeah. So that happened. You know, it's. It's really just kids being kids. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't remember. You're a li- I should say you're a little bit older than us. Well, not yeah, that I mean, much, but a little bit. I was a senior in college when sure. you had started in Jeffco. So, yeah, I've got a few years on you. Right. So, um, 
But yeah, there wasn't. I mean, the the hard drive failure was the big one. Right. That was the big nightmare. I I would say the other nightmare was. I don't want to throw him under the bus because he's a really cool guy. Yeah. Tony had a problem remembering his bass parts. Sure. And he also had a problem. Maybe about tempo, like being on time. Yeah, it was tempo and being on time, especially because, and we actually had this in something I just recorded recently, uh, where he basically starts before the measure would start, but he didn't know exactly when to start to hit that beat. So I had, oh, so you've I, recorded with Tony recently? No, 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 no. I mean, something else I've recorded oh, okay. recently. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, would, I never heard about it. No, that. I'll record with Tony once you're Yeah. No, uh, um, you know, we actually... Even, and then the vocals... We were the- even discussing whenever he wasn't around, like, can we have someone else record his parts because this just isn't working, mm-hmm. you know? And that's out of necessity. But once I had learned the song enough, I could tell, I I, I would point to, because at that point we weren't even in the tracking room anymore. We were actually in the control room. Yeah. And so was, you could be and right he was, there. And he was overdubbing. So I was like, I would motion to him when he needs to yeah. start playing. And so, and that's part, and I was going to ask you about that. Like, that's sort of some, I, I wouldn't say that's normally something you would have to do with a band, because normally, like, they're on Maybe. their shit. Mm-hmm. But as a producer, you're that more your role can sometimes be more than just the guy that's right. got his hands on the dials. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have to be Bob Rock. Right. And that's kind of what, or uh the guy that recorded with Metallica recently. Uh, uh Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Yeah. He is a guy that like tells them where they're going wrong, what they should be doing. Bob Rock did that too. Yeah. Well Rick Rubin should have turned down uh some of the volume well, sure. things or at least reduced the compression on that. That was a, a major album. criticism of a lot of his work. But I'm just saying like a producer's role you I'm I'm sure you would agree with this, is sometimes more than just the guy that is Yeah. that is turning the dial, mm-hmm. that is, you know, uh putting the stuff to tape or in our case to computer mm-hmm. or whatever. It was sort of this at, at that studio, it's sort of a weird in-between, not tape, but not really how they do it now either. Right, because, I mean, now you can just do it on any computer. Like, yeah, because I remember we couldn't really... We could punch in, but it was sort of a process. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, the, the punch-in process was pretty much the same as you would have done on tape. Okay. On a multi-track. Like, you have to know the end point and the out point nowadays... You can just mute a track, add another track, and overdub it and not have to worry about overwriting anything you've done. Right. So it's a lot. Because you can have infinite tracks. So you just you can keep... have infinite tracks and you don't really destroy any audio anymore. Like right. That audio is already saved. And if you like cut too much off, you just stretch it back out. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So. And that can affect the overall quality of the thing you're saying i'm saying it's a lot the easier end product to, well yeah i mean especially if you, if you do a bad punch in back in the day either with tape or with the old hard drive things i mean there was you could flub a note and yeah. it would be audible like you'd, yeah. have, you'd have like an audible like jump or something like i that. did actually re-listen to both of those records today mm-hmm. in preparation for this is there one i haven't listened in years man but i did listen today just to kind of Get, put myself back in that and see if it triggered anything. Mm-hmm. You know, any memories or anything. There is definitely not punch ins, but uh, flubbed up notes and out of tune guitars. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's that, that is a thing. Yeah, we didn't have a thing where we could just highlight that note and transpose it to be yeah. the right thing like you can do now. Exactly, and see that's you're, we're talking about eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's part of the difference. In, uh, and that's kind of something I want to talk about. Is we like, didn't have auto-tune, Sarah, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's amazing progress in 11 years, mm-hmm. though. Isn't it crazy? 
It, and it makes huge jumps even now. And even, I mean, people are recording stuff on in the their phone. room yeah. on their phone. Sure. And it's being released. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, yeah. like, they, they, it's acceptable to for mass consumption that way. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's awesome, though. We, and, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, please. We saw it as a necessity to go somewhere and do this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It wasn't a possibility for us to record my drums not in a studio right. back then. Right. I mean, you could do it and it would be su- it would sound like a punk rock record from the 70s where they put one mic in a room in uh-huh. the center <laughs> and that's it works sometimes but it doesn't work all the time yeah, well you have to know where to position people in the room sure and the drums have to be a certain way mm-hmm. and uh and you have to want it to sound lo-fi you know what i mean mm-hmm. and we we were going for a better product so that's what we wanted you know what i mean mm-hmm. But um, I didn't, what were you going to say? Oh, I was Did just going to say something that your dad actually said at dinner the other night. It was really interesting that you have more technology in your phone than what they took up to the first uh, the first moon landing. I told that to my dad. Or you yeah. told that to your dad. Yeah. Somebody, somebody Who's else, a smart guy now? Somebody else. <laughs> well, it was somebody I drunked else. you, dad. It's somebody else at work. I mean, my dad knows this. Yeah. So I was just like pointing out that it was interesting that somebody your else dad told wasn't? me. To this podcast? Well, maybe not to this podcast. I'm just saying to podcasts in general. I don't think so. You should get them in on it. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. It's time to it's time to bring the old folks in. My mom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you dad old. I'm sorry. Dad, you're awesome. My mom. I met you a couple to, times. Oh yeah. My uh, my mom here and back then. To back then. Oh yeah. Well yeah, you would have come by the house. Right. And then, yeah, because when we were doing the mixing, we did all the mixing in the basement. Yeah. Because my, my quote-unquote studio. I believe you did most basement. of it on your own, though. Yeah, and then I'd have you come over and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and we would listen to, um, I get, well, it was pre-mixed stuff, but it was like, as we were going, the, the, the uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, but would, the studio would have speakers and stuff set up yeah. around the room. As a facsimile to what it would be, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we li- we did listen to like pre stuff there, you know right. what I mean. But uh, yeah, but I, as I remember, most of the mixing process was all you. Yeah, up um, until up until the last few weeks, and that's when you came in, right. and it was a lot of maybe this, maybe that, maybe we can get another uh, vocalist for Abomination. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, you know. I, I re-listened to it today, like uh-huh. I said. I fucked that up. I, I don't know. Kind of. there, there's, there's two things that went wrong with the vocals for the Abomination album. One, I chose the wrong mic. I said, hey, we're in a studio that has this $8,000 mic. Let's uh-huh. use this $8,000 mic. The $8,000 mic is not good for screaming into I think the Shure, I think the, your basic Shure microphone, yeah. kind of like the ones we're using today, actually, mm-hmm. might work well for that. It probably would have been better, yeah. Um... What was the second? Oh, that he didn't know the words. He was writing the Ooh, words. See, that was the thing I was going to bring he up. Was, he was writing the words on the back of paper. Yeah. In uh, Ira was doing marker. that too. Because and he was like literally writing the writing the lyrics like minutes before while we were to, doing it. Yeah. Wow. Before yeah. we had to go up and record. And this is after we had lost everything. So like he had months. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we practiced every week, so it's like, you got that time, too. What are you doing? 
That was my frustration at the time. You know what I'm saying? But I think listening back to it, it was a lot of it was timing issues. He could have pulled it off better if he had been more sunk into the tempo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think I remember telling him when we were doing it, like, man, you just focus on the drums, focus on that beat, and when those riffs start and that kind of thing. Don't focus so much on how perfect your vocals need to be. First, get the timing down, then build on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's a good way for people to do it if they're just starting out recording, if they're listening to this. Like, focus on your timing first. Do do vocals. Do just sound vocals. Like, just make noises. Figure out where things are going to go first. Then build on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't go all in. I think that's what he was trying to... He felt a lot of pressure. I felt a lot of pressure when I was recording my parts, too. We ended up having to do... This is off of vocals, but we ended up having to do um, guitars and drums at the same time for Abomination. Right. I think we ended up doing drums and guitars at the same time for Irie as well. Yeah, but But, we were mainly just recording the drums. Yeah. Uh, And you would end up going back over the guitar and stuff later, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was a thing where like we didn't we didn't have a te- we didn't have a tempo to go on. You know what I mean? Like now, what how I record, and this is where we'll start moving into the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Is we record to a click always, so that when we go back, everything is always on time. There is no trying to guess where it's going to come in. You know what I mean? Right. It's the timing issue is gone. When, when you record to uh, a tempo. So that was one drawback to what we were doing at Webster. And that is, has nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that that was an option. You know what I mean? Especially when we're doing punch-ins. Like, I don't think that's going to... That w- couldn't be a thing. Now, the only thing I could have maybe done is put a metronome in the room for you. and Yeah, but... But you'd have to know what your tempo is. Sure. Or I would have had to have sat and figured it out. Yeah, and we didn't... We... We're semi-professional at best. <laughs> Maybe not even that. You know, there's garage bands basically right. going in on this thing. It was like this little microcosm. All of us trying to get like in this pressure cooker, trying to get this thing done. It was so. Mu- I put so much pressure on myself all the time to get this stuff done. And we, you know, and that was another thing with the vocals. It was like, man, this is the best thing we're gonna get. So we just got to roll with it. Right. You know what I mean? And everybody's writing lyrics as we're going. Mm-hmm. And people are doing backup vocals as we're going. I think the last thing we ended up doing was a massive vocal track with all seven of the band members from both bands mm-hmm. on Wasted, which is the last song on Irie's CD. Right. Um, I think my criticism on my drum stuff would have been I would have, and this is how I approach playing the drums now, I keep the hi-hat closed, half-closed all the time. Um. That way, when I'm hitting it, the reverberation and the noise is not so much. You know mm. what I mean? Okay. I was playing with them open all the time back then, so it was just like loudness, loudness, loudness. And if you listen to those records, and I am gonna, I forgot to mention this. We're gonna put one of the Abomination songs on this, and uh, and one other thing that I'm gonna mention in a minute. But uh, you know, they, I have my uh, phone connected, so if you want, we can like. Bring something up now. I, just, or I can edit it in. We'll just put it in later. It's right. not a big deal. 
Uh, so that was that would be my criticism of my stuff. I think that coming in and not having the drums stationary there and the mics stationary in one place all the time was something that got under my skin just because like. It was out of necessity. That's what we had to do. I mm-hmm. had to take my drums home every time. And then when that, what happens with that is they get different tuned. You know what I mean? Like the or the uh, the tightness of the lugs changes every single time I lug it around. Sure. You know what I mean? So all that kind of stuff is all minutia, and that's that's me overly criticizing everything. And I think that was what we did for years after that record got done. I remember being drunk at LWA wrestling shows, and Justin would give you so much shit about those records. He would yell at you from the audience while you're in the back trying to do sound and stuff like, oh, good job on those records. Like, f- you were part of the reason that the record wasn't could have be not you, Justin was part of the reason that it didn't end up as good as it could have, as good as it could have been. But that's just how what, where we were. You know what I mean? Mm. He's I think he's a better singer now than he was back then. In oh, Tropical so. Storm, it fits well for what they do. You know what I mean? And uh, he's more locked into what his lyrics are. You know what I mean? And it, we're all doing it. And I'm repeating myself. But we're all doing it right on the fly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was how that went. And um, I didn't know he was yelling at me. Yeah, well, I'm right next to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, But don't never take that personally because that's that's... That's heckling that should never be taken seriously. Is at a wrestling show? Um, let's see. Oh, Jordan's intro at the beginning of the Abomination record uh-huh. was totally something that uh, turned people off to us. You don't say. I heard people <laughs> tell me that many times. Where it's like. They put that on, and it was like, oh, fuck. I knew that that was a horrible thing as soon as we recorded it. It was a really... Um, how do you even... Something that would probably get you fired from your job uh. today. Yeah. Uh, hard to describe, but I will say, I will say that it was... Uh, it was produced well. It was produced well. You put some cool sound effects in the background. It was like he was at the front of a rally at some intense like military sort of thing. And he was talking about some really not PC stuff. Mm. Not PC. <laughs> uh, it was like, that's a cross podcast reference yeah, I think it was, for you guys. Yeah, I think it was uh, like, at the time, metrosexual was a term, so... Yeah. You don't hear that. that it was much. when Will and Grace was on, and I think he was he was on a he was on a trip about that. He was on a trip about Will and Grace. <laughs> yeah, but it was well, that was part of it. I think it was like this. He, oh God, what what does he even say? Was uh, he just trying to be? Um, I think you. Yeah, just be controversial. I think that's that what. Uh, I think that's a lot of what Jordan or be shocking. Did. Or yeah, be shocking. Something like that. That was his idea. And then it ended up backfiring, I think, a little bit on us. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. You know, it's just, this is stuff that you learn after the fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we, when you cut your teeth doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, when I, uh, when I played that album back, because we, we wrapped up around, uh, I don't know, one of the, oh, it was right before Christmas uh-huh. was when we wrapped up. Um, 
I played the I played what I was working on for my family. I made sure I skipped that first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any time that I gave it to a family member, I took that off. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's just. And I also took off wasted. <laughs> no, oh yeah, and the irony because his lyrics like I want to do some shrooms. I want to jack off in my room. I want to <laughs> I want to fuck some sluts like it. Well, that was bad. <laughs> Just so my parents don't need to be hearing that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, those were some of the those were some of the maybe regrettable things. But that, you know, and. That's you're just 20, in hindsight, yeah, though. You're, you're 18 years old. Huh? You're doing. What do you, that's what you do. And we were high <laughs> half the time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's like good decisions. It's like no. Hey, maybe an anti-homosexual military rant's a good thing to have on one of our metal album, man. And that was right at the top. Oh my god! Right at the top. Put in the CD. Yeah. First thing you're hearing. Oh, Boom. No. Whew, man, I forgot about it, and I hadn't. I know, like. Stuff like that I forget about. Mm-hmm. But then I put back on the record and I'm like, oh, there's that. <laughs> so that is part of the reason I listened to it again today. Um, let's see. I maybe have one or two more things on that. Um, no, that, I think that about wraps it up for the old stuff. But basically... Um, uh, who has the uh, the thank you present? Keith probably still has that. I don't know for sure. He did have it in when he was stationed in uh, the middle of Missouri, like okay. closer to around Cuba, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had it in his garage. Uh, it, it was a uh, vinyl edition of Stormtroopers of Death S.O.D. Uh, what, uh, what was the name of the record? It was their first record. Yeah, I can't it was like it was like a twenty five, like twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. And it had a bunch of live stuff on it too. I think yeah. red vinyl. Yeah. So that was your thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was Apple. awesome. That's, that's that really was awesome. my thankful. That was my thank you to Abomination and then the IRE guys. I got them all Webster shot glasses. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Cool. I didn't even remember that one. I was never a shot glass guy. I was drinking mm-hmm. right out the bottle. <laughs> well, that's okay. So it was Keith. <laughs> Man, those were some... <laughs> oh, boy. A lot of puking going on. <laughs> Jesus. Um, seriously, when I look back on it, it is, like, a little much for me to be like, damn. When I just, like, put myself back in that headspace. Because yeah. I'm not a drinker anymore. Like, I had one beer when we recorded our last podcast. Yeah. But, like, I don't I don't take it to the house anymore, as they would say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and that's part. That's another and part of the immaturity thing. Mm-hmm. You just go crazy. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Uh, I was also, like I said, I was dealing with some home, issues at home, so I was like sure. looking for whatever I could to get. My grades were shit at that time. Yeah. I got out. Of, I I flunked out of a class, so my A plus scholarship. Oh no. Boom, gone. Oh. <laughs> I can laugh at it now because well, it's yeah. like I I got to a better place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um. So, moving on to how we recorded the new stuff. 